ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. All right, let's get this started right for this Tuesday, September 28th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Paw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. Our text line is also open this hour at 304-523-2275. Hang on to that number because I'm going to give you an opportunity to win my final pair of tickets for Thursday night football. The Bengals are taking on the Jaguars. I've got two more tickets to give you. I'll give you an opportunity to text to win those this hour. Looking forward to the game coming up on Thursday. Uh, we got a busy Thursday. Of course, we've got the Coach Charles Huff Show. Then we'll have the Bengals matchup with Jacksonville. you got the last two number one draft picks going at it. Should be fun. Bengals sitting pretty right now at 2-1. and one. Uh, I'll say this. They better not get too cocky right now. They better not get too cocky. I know yesterday, I didn't see it until late, but Tyler Boyd was basically implying that the Bengals in that last, let's just say, last few minutes of the game could tell that the Steelers just quit. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't give the Steelers any bulletin board material for the next game uh, at all. So I would just, uh, again, yeah, you're going to have athletes uh, go out there and and say things sometimes they shouldn't. I I don't want to put any bulletin board material out there at all. A little harder in the pros to stop those guys, though, than it is in college, that's for sure. Because, again, uh, coaches in the college ranks have more control than they do in the NFL. But – With all of that said, we'll give you an opportunity a little bit later on to get those final tickets. Great response from all of you so far. I do appreciate it. And uh, we'll try to do more things like that. Since uh, you guys have shown that uh, you're really into it like this, we're going to try to do more things and more giveaways this way. Uh, We got soccer coming up later in the week. The men are back in action, but the Conference USA Player of the Week Awards came out today. And guess what? Uh, Oliver Assembly. He is the Defensive Player of the Week, and he earned it because of Marshall's performance against two top-ranked teams against number 20 Akron. Didn't face a shot and goal until the 58th minute. Uh, Marshall led that 2-0, and uh, when Akron started pressing the herd, uh, he started making stops right and left, and he also was a wall against Kentucky as well. He was a wall against Kentucky. He was pretty good, if not unstoppable, against Akron as well. So he's your Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. So congratulations to him. And, of course, you know, more men's soccer coming up. Not against a top 25 opponent for the first time. I don't know when. Either receiving votes or a top 25 opponent. I don't know if I've ever seen a stretch like this. And this was all put together before Marshall even Got into the NCAA tournament last year, won the national championship. So pretty good stretch. So they're going to be really good by tournament time, I think, if not already. I mean, look at the conference standings, though. Coastal Carolina's got four four ties, four draws. Marshall and Kentucky have got two draws. I mean, the standings, it's anybody's championship right now for the regular season, but the tournament's more important. Marshall's got to get some wins, though, get some important points on the board. 
Speaking of Conference USA, this was interesting as it came down today. Uh, I've joked in the past that it would be really cool to see maybe Marshall have a beach volleyball team. It's a popular version of volleyball. It's really competitive. Once the Olympics roll around, people get to see it. And it's two-on-two. It's always high-intensity. It's fun. And Conference USA have a few members in the league that are already participating. So Conference USA is adding beach volleyball as a sponsored sport beginning with the 21-22 season. Now, I don't think Marshall will be hosting uh, beach volleyball tournaments anytime soon or be sponsoring a team. But uh, we are going to have on the program tomorrow, unrelated to this announcement, Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall women's volleyball team. So I will ask her if uh, if there has been a, hey, uh, what do you think about putting beach volleyball on the on the schedule here for Marshall Athletics conversation? I want to know if she said, hey, let's do this. Probably not, but now that it's a sponsored sport, why not? Could you imagine seeing all the beach volleyball over on the sandy shores of the Ohio River? Yeah, it would be fantastic. I mean, you could, if they ever clean up and fix up Harris Riverfront Park and and actually do something with it, we could have a beach volleyball arena. We could have that or whatever you call it. To grandstands, you could have the beach volleyball pit there. You could have beach volleyball on the sandy shores of the Ohio River. You could do that. It would be fantastic. I would look forward to uh, seeing that. And uh, yeah, I don't think you could do that. It would be fun, though. I, I think it would be fun, especially um, if you put it maybe down on the boat ramps. I, I don't know. You know, the ducks can come by and watch it as well. Where'd you put that? Where? Where would you have that? Of course, you would want to have that somewhere on campus. Um, still, you know, it's not like Marshall is like Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is going to be like an associate member of this thing. It's not like Marshall's uh, one of the Florida schools here where you have uh, an abundance of beach. You have an abundance of beach and you have an abundance of weather that will accommodate that. So I don't know. Beach volleyball, sure. I mean, sure that some of the Texas schools could maybe get into that as well. Possibly. I'm not sure. Next thing you know, Conference USA is going to be adding hockey. And then, and then I'm going to be pressing the the athletic department for a hockey team. That's that's where this is ultimately ending up for me. Eventually, Conference USA will sponsor hockey, and then I'm going to be pressing every day. Athletic department, hey, when are we going to get hockey? When are we going to get hockey? I know what the answer will be. It's been the same answer it has been for probably 20-some years, and I've asked that question every time I possibly can. When are we going to get hockey here? I've asked it of every athletic director, every single one, since I've had this platform. The answer has always been no, but it's been a polite no. I'll give them that. All right, you know what it is. It's uh, it's Tuesday, so uh, you know what that means. It means we've got Coach Huff. We got his weekly presser. That's coming up. Also, before that, we've got Alex Millet. We've got his comments. Usually, I would start with Coach Huff, get those going. But there's a particular comment during Millet's comments that I want you to hear first, because then Coach Huff is asked about that a little bit later on. And instead of just grouping those together, I'm going to keep Coach Huff separated, but I want to hear Millette first, 
We're going to find out what he thinks about, well, he's got to go up against, he thinks a pretty good Middle Tennessee defense, and we're going to kind of get that. That's sort of part of what he was talking about, but he was also talking about the team's own failings. He also talked about the mentality of the locker room, and that's where I really want you to hear what he had to say because it'll feed into some of what Coach Huff is talking about a little bit later on. So we've got all that for you. We'll get your phone calls in. You can join the program again. It's 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I am going to fire up as we go to break. I'm going to fire up the text machine. Let's get that rolling. And that number again is 304-523-2275. We're going to get that going. Get your comments. You can comment on anything that we are talking about today. You can, of course, throw things out there that we're not talking about. So you've got that ability. So it's basically your opportunity to respond in real time to what's happening on the show. Or if there's something we're not talking about and you think we need to be, this is now your opportunity. So you've got that going at 304-523-2275. But Alex Millette will get his comments when we continue. Later on, Coach Huff will give you a chance to win two tickets to go see the Bengals Thursday night. These are digital tickets, so you don't have to come to the radio station. I'll send them to you electronically. You get them, and you download the app, and you just show them at the gate, and they'll let you right in. So we'll do that with you a little bit later on. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Our phone lines are open, 304-523-2275 for the text. And, of course, the good old-fashioned White Claw Hard Seltzer phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-TALK. 8255. Texer writes, Who day? All right, you're entered. I love it. Just like I'm getting in early right now. I'm putting my entry in now. I'm making it known. I'm going to win those tickets today. So I guess Who day's the word? That's the word again today. Let's just keep it simple here. Who day? I'm not going to make you spell it all out. Who day? That's going to be our entry word or compound word or phrase of the day. The phrase that pays. That's the phrase that pays. Who day? So you can do that at 304-523-2275. I like it. Initiative. Yeah, initiative. Just I'm getting in now. I'm entering now. You haven't even given me the prompt yet, and I'm entering now. So uh, I appreciate that, listener, for uh, being on the ball in who day. Uh, all right. Let's uh, talk a little herd football with you. Alex Millette. Had a chance to catch up with that young man earlier this afternoon. Uh, Alex is, um, I think, one of the most thoughtful people on this team. He's been around for a long time. I feel like uh, when I started this show, Woody Woodrum was still a co-host when Alex Millette was on the team. That's that's how far back we go. I, I mean, Woody was actually here as a co-host on this show back in the day when he was younger. Now um, Alex is uh, rolling in old age, and he's still on this team. And uh, 
he's one to tell you how it is. And he talked about the team's failure just to not finish in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, we one of our main focuses in this program is to finish the fourth quarter, and we have failed to do so in the past two games. And you know, obviously, that's something that we're trying to figure out how to fix because you know this as that being something that we pride ourselves with and falling short two games in a row um, and letting two games slip from us is, is tough because um, we take so much pride in it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're focused, we're taking this week with the same approach as every other week. You know, we're going to try to win the fourth quarter. We're going to try to um, score touchdowns in the red zone and we're going to try to do everything right that we need to do. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the past two games were tough, but you know, all we can do is turn the page and move forward. That's a good attitude. You can't do anything about it now. You mess up. You do something wrong. Something doesn't go your way. Uh, you have a bad day. The best thing you can do is to learn from it and move forward. And that's what Alex seems to be doing. And again, he's got a lot of experience. He's had a lot of highs and a lot of, a lot of lows with this team. And he's a good judge of talent. He's a good judge of how they're performing. And so he was just flat out asked if he would rate the offensive line. Here's his report card. I think we're doing, I I would say that we're playing pretty well. Um, You know, we could definitely improve on giving up sacks, but uh, because we've given up four so far, which is not acceptable, but it's okay. Um, We're a unit. And, uh, we need to – I think we're playing well, though. You know, we got – we got um, – obviously, me and Will have been here forever. Um, been pl- we played a lot of ball. You have Kendrick Sartor, who is an older guy, hasn't played a lot, but he's definitely stepped up to the plate, and he's played very, very solid football. Um, same thing with Dalton Tucker, who um been around here a couple a couple years, but he's he's playing really well. And, and um, Logan Osborne is our young guy who is uh, – who has really stepped up to the plate? Um, you know, that's a that's a young guy, that that's a young guy that has really like um, got after it. And then um, you also have a lot of experience also with Sal. So we got three old guys, a couple guys that are older but haven't played a lot, and a young guy. And I think everyone is knows their role, and we we play as a unit, as brothers. We hang out all the time. We do everything together. That's why I think helps us is that is that we know each other so well. Heard family, right? Hashtag heard family. That's basically the gist of that. Uh, and he means all of that. They're a unit. They are brothers. You know, everything um, that they're going through, you know, the wins are, are something to be celebrated. The losses they're suffering through, as uh, many of you probably are as well. Now, here's the comment I really wanted to focus on. He was asked this question earlier, uh, just about the mentality of the locker room. I'm going to tell you right now, this is why Alex is probably one of the best interviews on a weekly basis when we get a chance to talk to him, because he's going to explain it to you. He's going to lay it out to you. It's not going to be sugar-coated, and he's going to be really quite candid. Here's his response. It's very candid. We're pissed off. That's what it is. I mean, um, you know, we have a bad taste in our mouth because we uh, – we let two games slip from us. We really did. It's, it, it is on us as, as a team. Um, we, you know, 
all around, all three phases, coaching staff, you know, as a whole program, we 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 failed the past the past two games, and we are we have a bad taste in our mouth. Um, we just need to do. But at the end of the day, we also know that uh, Coach Huff does a good job of of teaching us that you know you learn from your mistakes. We 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 look at those games and see what we did wrong, but it's time to turn the page. I mean, what what is our loss against App State or ECU going to do for us to, today? You know, the sun's still going to come up. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, we got a bad taste in our mouth, but at the end of the day, we still got to go play middle on Saturday. And we can't go out to play middle thinking about App State or it's not going to go well for us. We got to turn the page and we got to move on. See, I told you that's what we did the other day. We moved away from App State, and we are now moving towards middle. So he's got the right mentality. I mean, bad taste in your mouth. We're not happy about it, but we got to go take care of business against middle. And you know middle is a tough place to play. It's a tough place to go and play because of, well, middle's been very successful against their herd there. Now, you remember if you're an older herd fan, you're an old-school herd fan, First time these two teams met was in the 1AA playoffs in 1992. Marshall wins that, uh, meets them in 1994 as well in late November, beats them 49-14. And you don't see Middle Tennessee until 2013. You get into Conference USA. And Middle wins. First matchup was in Murfreesboro. Marshall wins the next year in 2014. Then the herd goes back in 2015 to Murfreesboro. Middle wins again. Now, Marshall gets a streak going, beats them in 2016 in Huntington, goes to Murfreesboro, and wins in 2017. But right back in Huntington, 2018, it's a loss. 2019, it's a loss in Murfreesboro. Marshall gets a victory in 2020, 42-14, and that's where we stand 2021, going back to Murfreesboro. Marshall was won only one time in Murfreesboro. So I asked Alex, I said, look, this place is tough. What's what's so tough about this place? And uh, he, he mentioned uh, why it's a tough place to play at. A different atmosphere every time you go there, to say the least. And, uh, you know, it's um, a lot of times you got to bring your own juice, but it's fine because I think as a team we – we do a good job of that, and I think uh, – but the thing that gets you is they also do a really good job of bringing their own juice, and they know how to play at home. So we got to make sure we uh, bring our road focus when we go to play them. I like that road focus. got to bring the road focus. It's a good term for that. And, yeah, you're going to need to bring the road focus because you need this win. You're 2-2 two and two overall, but you get to hit the reset button. You're starting out 0-0 in conference play. The Blue Raiders are 1-3. and three. They've lost two in conference already, so they definitely want this game. They need it if they want to have any chance of being competitive in the rest of league play. Trying to get bowl eligible as well. I know you're four games in, you're already thinking, okay, do we have enough wins? Can we get to bowl eligibility? That's always a big deal for a lot of these programs. And so that's where we're at with the must-win. I hate to call it a linchpin game. I hate to say it's a must-win, but first conference game, you kind of want to win that one. Now, since Alex is rolling on the offensive side of the ball, I want to get his thoughts on that defense. You look at the defense for Middle Tennessee. Good question uh, about them is how are they 
How are they put together? And first of all, they seem to be really like a cohesive unit. And that's where Alex started, just talking about the fact that they're just really a a unique group. They're they're all together. And he talked about what he saw when he was looking at them on the defensive side. Um, they have the same uh, ID, I guess, on defense. They they do different things than they are known for from the past. But you know, they're a hard hard nose. You know, a team that's going to fight you to the end. Um, they're going to be a tough football team. You know, they're, they've always been a very solid football team. Coach Stockstill is a really good coach. And um, I think he knows how to prepare those guys well. Is there anyone that stands out you look at them? Uh, are they all pretty So one of the things that came up when we were talking to him was the fact that you look at the defensive players for middle, the safeties of all units, of all groups – the safeties are the leading tacklers. And Alex, he was aware of that as he studied this team already and, and has a pretty good idea of what they're about. And he talked about that they're just pretty good players back there. That's why they've got the most tackles. They're a really good unit. Well, their safeties are very good players. So, you know, their safeties are uh, are good tacklers. They uh, they can find their way into the box. Um they're just good overall players. So, yeah, the, you know, like looking at it from the outside, you think that maybe maybe the ball gets to the secondary a lot, but that's not the case. Like their, their safeties are really – they can be downhill and they can cover. They're, they're actually really solid football players. So, like I said, they're good. That's Alex Millette. We're going to get the thoughts of his head coach, Charles Huff, when we continue. I've got some of your texts in already. We're going to read those as well, give you an opportunity to jump in on the text line. It's 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. If you want to join us on the text line, of course, the phone lines are open as well. 877-420-TALK, brought to you by White Claw. White Claw Heart Seltzer. It is made pure. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We've got comments from Coach Huff in a moment. Charles Huff's weekly presser. We're finally back on a, a normal schedule here. We don't have the Coach Huff show tonight. So you get a little extra Coach Huff for your week on Thursday, back to normal. Looking forward to getting in just in a normal rhythm once again, playing on Saturday. I'll be back at Roosters for this one. Marshall taking on Middle Tennessee. And we'll have the game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Of course, uh, we've got our text contest going on right now. 304-523-2275. Uh, we're going to do a random draw once again. And... Um, it's gonna to be tough. I, yeah, for everyone who entered, I, I wish I had more tickets. So we're gonna do a random draw here in just a a little bit before um, before the hour ends. Um, we'll try to get that wrapped up. But you can enter now, and 
you've already decided, hey, who days, what we're going to text you, and you're going to accept that, and that's our entry. So 304-523-2275 for my final pair of tickets to go see the Bengals take on the Jaguars Thursday night football. If you can't make it, we got it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. All right, uh, some text response to uh, some of the things we talked about. Um, Texter writes, who day? Okay, you're entered. Also, I don't think you're alone in fantasizing about a Marshall hockey team. Come on, herd hockey? That would be awesome. Herd hockey? Uh, and uh, no disrespect to uh, all the club hockey teams in the past, but I'm I'm in charge of uniforms. No disrespect meant, but I'm in charge there. We're going to do this right for once. We're, it's going to be nice. Um, can you imagine... You know, if I could get, um, you know, if I could get some grant money, like the, like they're proposing to use um, for the baseball park there, you know, some of the America's Care Act money, I believe, if you know, some of the Recovery Act money is going towards cleaning up the uh, the site for the baseball park. If we could get some of that cash over and, and get a hockey uh, arena built, some ice, I say we'd like maybe, well, we probably three thousand seats is all we'd need. Maybe keep it modest. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, four thousand, three thousand. It's all we'd need. I don't know. It's not going to happen in my lifetime, but yeah, it's it's fun to talk about. Also, um, Texer writes, um, "Don't want to poo-poo beach volleyball, but that is the problem. Ducks can fly over fences. Have you seen what Canadian geese can do? Yuck, yuck. Not quack, quack. That's good. That's a good text." You can join us as well. 304-523-2275. That's that's a good one right there. All right, let's get to the coach Huff. Marshall taking on Middle Tennessee. It's the new coach, Charles Huff, taking on the old veteran coach himself, Rick Stockstill. It's gonna be in Murfreesboro. Seven o'clock. It's gonna be, I think, a fun game. It's also their annual blackout game. It's definitely going to have a little bit more juice, as they say, a little bit more energy. And um, we start off with Coach Huff talking about their quarterback, Chase Cunningham. And what's so special about this kid? Well, made his first career start last week at Charlotte, and it's regarded as um, the best first start in school history. That's how good it was. Um, He set personal best in every passing category. He went 28 for 40 for 379 yards and five touchdowns. The 379 yards went down as the ninth most in a single game and the most ever for a first-time starter. His five touchdown passes ranked uh, tied for second most in a game and tied for the fourth most in the NCAA this season. Uh, he also hit five different receivers. Um, that's pretty good. That's spreading the ball around. So that's what that kid's about. Uh, here's Coach Huff talking about Chase Cunningham. Yeah, man. I, you know, I know they had um, a quarterback change or a situation happen there, and this young man came in. He's done a really good job, man. He's, um, you know, he's he's scrappy. He's creative. He's tough. Um, with their system, he he distributes the ball well. Gets the ball out quick. Um, does not hold on to it well, is, is athletic enough to, to when a play breaks down to create. Um, his receivers and tight ends do a good job even when things break down of still you know, staying alive, which creates some scramble opportunities. Um, I think he's done a phenomenal job managing the game. 
Um, you know, he plays with passion, energy. You can see he gets excited. Um, he's not a guy that kind of just, you know, crumbles as, as the game goes on. You know, he gets better and better and better. Um, it's going to create a lot of challenges for us. You know, he doesn't hold on to the ball very long. So one of our strengths, obviously, is our D-line and our pass rush. Um, but when, when the ball comes out that quick, you, you don't get a lot of time to get home. So we got to do a really good job in our coverage um, of, of really competing with guys on the edge and the perimeter. And then we got to do a great job uh, with our D-line of, you know, getting, getting our hands up, getting to the quarterback when we can, um, and being able to get him on the ground because he can athletically make some plays with his legs as well as his arm. That's Coach Huff's evaluation of that young man, Chase Cunningham. Now, um, flip side of that, what's that Middle Tennessee defense all about? And uh, one name you're going to hear a lot leading up to Saturday is Reed Blankenship. Right now he's got 39 tackles. He's got three tackles for loss. Uh, he's got three sacks, but he does everything for Middle Tennessee. And uh, here's Coach Huff's evaluation of that Middle Tennessee defense. Yeah, I think they're really consistent. You know, Coach Schaefer's done a really good job. He's been there for a while. He's done a really good job. They're consistent. You know, they don't have many um, bust. You know, there's not too many guys running wide open down the field. There's not too many times that you see a run play just rip. Guys are in their gaps. I think they play hard. I think their D-line is strong. Um, they do a really good job of pressing back offensive lines. Um, their safety, um, he's been there for a while. He does a really good job blanking ship. He's kind of like their their leader, uh, the veteran on the back end. He's active in the run game and in the pass. Really good tackler. Um, and you can tell that they've been running their system for a while. Um, I think, you know, when you look at us, you can tell – especially defensively, that we're, we're in a new system. Um, and sometimes that creates some challenges. But when you look at them, you can see the consistency in what they're doing. Um, you know, they're all on the same page of how they're trying to attack offenses and defend certain plays and schemes. Um, and you can see that in how they play. Let's get into some of the mechanics going on with the Thundering Herd. Uh, one question was asked of just the problems in the fourth quarter. Bluntly, the question was like, hey, what's this going on there? And so Coach has some reasons for what's happening in the fourth quarter, and I'm going to give you a hint. Some of you are saying that the team comes out, they're looking gassed, they're looking fatigued. Uh, he's saying it's not fatigue. Yeah, I, I know everyone that, that sits in the stands and watches on TV is like, oh, we're tired in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily see that on the field. Um, and, and let me explain. I, I, I When people say tired, I'm thinking physically tired, which to me looks like guys with hands on their hips, guys taking a knee, guys cramping, um, you know, guys just no energy. What, what, it, what it appears to me and what I talked about to the team is in these last two games, we have emotionally tired. When you play in these types of environments there's ebbs and flows to the game so there's highs and lows well when you have highs and lows you got to be able to control your emotional conditioning as well as your physical conditioning physical conditioning if you asked our guys to go out and run a mile they'd run a mile and they'd look at you like okay what's next if you said run two miles they'd, the d lineman may say well what a minute two miles but physically um i think we're fine i think where our issue has been is emotionally with the ebbs and flows of 
of competitive games, uh, we, we've got to control our emotional conditioning. You know, you take a look at that game. They come out, you know, do a really good job. They go down the scores, kind of back and forth, back and forth. And then we hit a big kickoff return. Well, that's an emotional high. Well, they come back, do a really good job. We had some opportunities to get off the field on third down. We felt we were playing really good coverage. We got some pass interferences called, which allowed their drive to continue. That's an emotional low. So the ebbs and flows is what you got to be able to maintain. And when you look at championship caliber teams, they're able to control the ebbs and flows of those types of games. So he's going through that. The next question was how do you improve emotional conditioning? I mean, it's like it's like you 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 go and you lift weights and you run, you do everything you can to improve your body physically. What do you do to improve emotional conditioning? Here's Coach's response. I think that's just when you get accustomed to playing high-level football and you get accustomed, You people talk about culture. Uh, when you have a culture of winning, and that's in everything you do, you are able to control those things more. Um, I think it comes from an opportunity for your leaders on your team to be able to play the next play. Um, I don't believe in, quote-unquote, somebody saying, go make a play, but I do believe in those emotional highs and lows, everyone on the team, coaches included, have got to be able to go back to your fundamentals, which is alignment, assignment, execution. So being able to mentally refocus, being able to mentally, you know, move on to the next play, whether that's a 99-yard kickoff return or whether that's a pass interference that gives them three more downs, being able to mentally lock back in and say, okay, I got to play the next play with really good technique, really good assignment alignment, really good reminding of my tips and reminders of the things that we talked about, and I got to be able to focus in on executing. That's how you kind of manage that, and it takes time. Um, it's not something that happens overnight. Um, it's not something that you can say, hey, if we do 37 mental push-ups, we're going to be ready. Or if we just start yelling at the beginning of practice, that's going to help our emotional conditioning. Um, it, it's, it's a collective effort. And we've all got to be able to celebrate and enjoy um, you know, the, the, the highs, but also to kind of put our foot in the ground and stop the slide on the lows. And finally, the comment I've been waiting for in response to Alex Millette talking about the mentality of the locker room right now, where he said everyone's pissed. Here is Coach Huff talking about team motivation, and he does reference what Millette said as he was asked about it. Well, I don't think we need to get motivated because we, we got an opportunity to play the best game in America and God has blessed us with another opportunity. But I think when, you know, Millette and I said it to the guys, I'm pissed off because I think we've had opportunities that we did not capitalize on. Um, if we were playing the New York Giants and they beat us 58 to 6, it would have been great, you know, but you, you kind of anticipate those things, you know what I mean? But when you're playing teams that you feel like, hey, we had an opportunity to win these games and we didn't take advantage, it kind of 
pisses you off. What you have to do is you have to, and this is not pissed off, put your fist through a wall or put your head through a board. This is pissed off with refocusing on the things that it takes to get the results you want. So being pissed off enough to come to practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with an elite focus. Being pissed off enough to have accountability to look at the film and say, that's where I could have done more. That's where we could have done more. This is where we can get better. And then channeling that in your preparation and fixing it. Not just, man, we could have won, you know, those two games. Man, this is messed up, man. We should have, could have, would have. No, you know, we had an opportunity, guys. And you know what? We didn't get it done, but we are going to fix it. And, and that's kind of the pissed off mentality. It's not the, not somebody putting their head through a board or, or wanting to fight a guy, but it's it's it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you had an opportunity and we didn't do what we needed to do to take advantage. All right, no fighting guys. It's Coach Huff. Um, if we've got time on the other side of the break, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, you know what? I think when we come back from break, I got a couple of cuts from Coach Huff that I want to get to. We're not going to get to the the entirety of everything here today, but there are a couple cuts I want to get to. You know, Coach Huff was, uh, I'm not saying he was Ric Flair, but he was styling and profiling a couple high school games uh, Friday. He had a day off. He, he could do it. So uh, we'll talk about that. I'm giving you a few more minutes to get your, uh, your entry in. Uh, text line 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. Um, you decided what the word was. It's going to be who day. That's the phrase that pays. Uh, I've got two tickets, my final two tickets, to go see the Bengals Thursday night football take on the Jaguars. This is going to be a tough one. Um, this is really going to be tough. we got a lot of good entries here. So, uh, I'm going to give you a few more minutes to get your entry in, and then I'm going to have to make the tough random decision here um, to determine the winner. I know the anticipation is killing you, and we'll get to that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. All right, we'll wrap it up today's edition. The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm going to pick a winner here in a few minutes uh, for those final two Bengals tickets to go see the Jags on Thursday night football. So that's coming up. I think I've got time. We've got Coach Huff, his presser earlier this afternoon. You know, he was hanging out at some football games on Friday night. You know why? Because he could take advantage of having the day off. So what did he do? He did something we rarely saw uh, in past years. Uh, he went as the Marshall football coach and took in some football games, and he talked about it when he was asked about it earlier. Yeah, um, obviously, um, recruiting is the number one thing in this program. It's the number one thing I believe in. A lot of the issues that we see on the football field on Saturdays and Thursdays, um, you fix in recruiting. That's just the bottom line. It, it is what it is. Does that take time? Yes. Um, but being that we wanted to make sure that we maximize our um, opportunity, I don't get an opportunity to get out as much because obviously on Friday nights I, I have something going on with 75 other guys. Um, so the Thursday game really helped us do that. So we got back from Boone about 5.30 in the morning. Um, I went home and showered, and Coach Leg and I hit six schools here in the area. Um, started at about 7.30, and we hit um, – 
the schools here in Huntington. Then we went over to Charleston. And being that we were over in the Charleston area, in order to get back to the Spring Valley game, um, the, the state of West Virginia um, flight department did a really good job of helping us kind of alleviate or dodge some of the traffic. Um, so it was really good. I think anytime you do recruiting, you got to recruit your backyard. I mean, the kids here are just as good as players that are, are in California. Or if they're not, we need to know that before we go to California. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to recruit any players out of the state. But I think you got to do a really good job of, of, of your backyard and your home ground before you start going to the next area of the country. So it was an opportunity for us. It was an opportunity for Coach Huff. I'm not going to really uh, be able to get to the final cut because, uh, well, again, uh, Coach Huff has a lot to say. But I will say this. He went to uh, Huntington, Spring Valley. He saw Cabell Midland, saw Capitol, saw you know, some of the action in the Canal Valley. Uh, he rode in a helicopter. He's styling and profiling. He was Ric Flair-like, right? I mean, he likes professional wrestling. So he's rolling around the area, his own backyard, with a helicopter. I, mean, I thought helicopters were reserved for the governor. I thought only the governor could just helicopter into a sporting event anytime he wanted to. No, Coach Huff is doing that as well. Coach Huff is doing that. You know, pretty soon, Coach Huff's going to be taking some flights from the flight school in uh, Charleston. You know, Coach D'Antoni's already rolled that way a little bit. So, you know, Coach Huff's going to be able to eventually just hop in and just do that as well, fly to where he wants to land. But the helicopter's the neat little touch there. It's like, who's rolling in on the helicopter? You're at the game. It's Coach Huff. Coach Huff is here. He needs to do that. He absolutely needs to visit every high school he can in when he has an opportunity in this region. He absolutely needs to. Just because it's going to pay off somewhere. You might not get every kid. Each kid's going to be different. You're not going to win every recruiting battle. And really, I don't know if it's a recruiting battle as much as making sure that kids are aware of what their options are locally. And I don't think we've seen a good effort in the past. If if it was happening, it really wasn't visible. But now it's visible, and he's making his presence known. And I think it's uh, good for these young men in the state to know that they have some opportunities because you've got a really good coach in Morgantown that will pay attention to local talent. And now you have a coach in Huntington trying to build his program in Charles Huff, and he's paying attention to local talent. It benefits these kids more than anything. And so if a kid chooses Marshall, it's because he, he knew he had an option at Marshall. If a kid chooses West Virginia, it's because he knew he had an option at West Virginia. And that's how it should be. These, uh, these coaches uh, at these schools now, uh, they seem to get it. They understand there's some really good talent in the state. And it's good to see Coach Huff out. And you know what? Neil Brown, it's good to see him out when he's about as well. I mean, basically, he's recruiting Spring Valley. It's good talent at Spring Valley, man. I would recruit there, too. If I was Neil Brown, I'd be there every week if I could. That's some good talent out there. Uh, Timberwolves are in action this week, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Taking on Huntington, that should be a fun one. We'll talk about that later on in the week. That's going to do it for this edition. All right, I'm going to randomize one of these uh, numbers. i gotta, I got to figure out who wins. Uh, if you get a text, you won. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.